song service, Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. Brother Benson, would you open us in a word of prayer, please? Joins to singing hymn number 243, Victory in Jesus.
Stewart stand once again. We'll sing hymn number 175. It's just like his great.
like I know him, you would know that he's alive. If you felt him like I feel him, resurrection deep inside, you know he's living and death has died. Just one step in his direction, then in love he ran to me. If you knew him like I know him, you would know that he's alive. Again, we'll sing hymn number 364, Standing on the Promises of God.
was lost in my sin I remember well that night when the Lord saved my soul from hell and I thank God every day for his grace on me cause I am washed I'm redeemed and I've been set free and I thank the Lord for the glorious night when the blessed Holy Ghost led me to the light at the altar as I prayed Jesus washed my sins away and oh how sweet is a sound I once was lost but now I'm found God's amazing grace still amazes me now there's been times that I've walked away from the Lord my sins grew many and my heart grew cold fellowship was broken I felt so old faithful and I came back home my sins were forgiven and his grace to me was shown so I stand here before you tonight rejoicing cause everything's alright in my heart I know that I am night when the blessed Holy Ghost led me to the light at the altar as I prayed Jesus washed my sins away and oh how sweet is the sound I once was lost but now I'm found God's amazing grace still amazing For the glorious night when the blessed Holy Ghost led me to the light at the altar as I prayed, Jesus washed my sins away. And oh, how sweet is the sound I once was lost, but now I'm found. God's amazing grace.
Amen. What a song. Amen. It's good to have uh, Brother John Roy come preach for us today. Brother, you just come on and preach. Thank you. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here once again. What a privilege it is to uh, preach in somebody else's pulpit, and I don't take that lightly. I appreciate the opportunity. If you would, take your Bibles, turn to the book of Mark, chapter number 5. Mark, chapter number 5, if you would. Looking forward to what the Lord has for us in this passage of Scripture. I trust it will be a help to us. If I don't know if you're accustomed to, but uh, if you would, please stand as we read the text together, if you're able to. Mark chapter number 5 in verse 21 is where we'll begin reading. The Word of God says this, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death, I pray thee, Come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. A certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body, and she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him uh, about in the press, and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched thee? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him, and told him all the truth. And uh, and he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Shall we pray? Lord, I thank you so much for the truth of the word of God. I pray as we look into it this morning, you'd help us to understand it, and that we would apply it to our heart and life. Lord, if there's one here that does not know you as personal Lord and Savior, I pray today would be their day of salvation. I pray, Lord, you'd bless the reading and now the preaching of your word, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, Mark chapter 5 is an amazing chapter. I love, actually, the book of Mark. I preached uh, at at our church uh, some time ago through most of the book of Mark, and 
and uh, just uh, got caught up into one passage after the next. And you know how those things go. Hey, you got to preach what's next. And it's just, it's just the way it went. And in Mark chapter 5, I love what takes place. A lot of action in this chapter. Chapter 4 uh, even has a lot of that as well. It ends with the disciples doubting the Lord's word unto them, and they were, and he had to rebuke them for it. He said, we're going to go to the other side, and there was a great uh, tempest in the sea, and they were afraid, carest thou not that we perish? I mean, they're asking this question to the Lord, and he says, oh, you have little faith. I mean, he has to, he has to get down on them because of their uh, lack of faith in the Lord and trust in the Lord. And at the start of chapter 5, we see that Jesus was going to the other side for a purpose. We see a man in chapter 5 at the beginning of it that was controlled by an unclean spirit. A man that was without hope and without help, uh, crying and cutting himself. That is until Jesus came and changed his life. I mean, I'm so grateful that Jesus passed by. I'm so grateful that Jesus goes to the other side. I'm so grateful that Jesus saw a blind man. I'm, I'm grateful that Jesus knows where we're at and what we need in our lives. We read in verse 15 of chapter 5, And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had a legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. I like those words, was and had a legion. You see, this man was possessed. But when he saw Jesus, when his life was changed in verse number 6, all of that changed for him. I mean, we could, we could spend a, the whole sermon preaching about this man. You can get stuck worrying about your problems, or you can come to the one that can solve all your problems. And that's found in Jesus Christ. So this man was healed, and he began to tell others what Christ had done for him. You know, that should be our desire as believers. Once Christ has done something in our lives, we ought to tell somebody else about it and tell him what he's done for us. This is a picture for us that here's a man that is, that is, uncontro or, uh, he is uncontrollable because of this spirit, this evil spirit that's in him. And when he trusts Christ, when his life was changed by Jesus Christ, he was a new man, sitting clothed in his right mind, and he begins to tell others what Jesus has done for him. What a, what a testimony, a picture for us, what we ought to be doing in our own lives. When we come to our text that we read this morning, we find a man who has a very sick daughter. His name is Jairus, and notice his despair in verse 23. He says, And beside him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death, I pray thee, Come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. We see a man that's of great faith here. We see a man that's heard about Jesus, obviously. And we see a man that is saying, I want Jesus to come to my house. I want him to lay, my, lay his hands on my daughter, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Jesus, if you touch her life, she will be healed. She will live. While the Lord is on His way to the ruler's house, many followed Him. In the middle of the crowd, as we were reading, we see a woman with an issue of blood. A problem she's had for 12 years. A problem she's tried to fix, but has not been able to be successful. She's spent a lot of money. She's been to many doctors and, and no help there. No, no uh, uh, peace in her life. No comfort. No healing in her life. Once again, we find a problem 
out of the control of somebody, but when you come to Jesus, they find answers. They find healing. And I'm so thankful that Jesus knows exactly who's searching. I'm so grateful that Jesus is willing to go the other side for just one. You see, she gets close enough to touch his garment and he is healed. We find in verse 34, I love this verse and sometimes we overlook it. But in verse 34 he says, And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, be thou whole of thy plague. I mean, daughter, what a truth there. I mean, the, the truth of the matter is that she's coming to Jesus and the moment she places her faith in Jesus, she becomes a daughter. She's no longer in sin. She's no longer in this uh, pain that she's in. It's been healed. Not only was she healed on the outside, she was healed from the inside out. I mean, this is a woman that her life was completely changed when she met Jesus Christ. But if you remember, where is Jesus going? He's going to a man's house to uh, see this man, uh, his daughter, that has a problem in her life and, and she's very sick and, and he's on his way to a house and, and uh, there's people that are thronging him. There's people that are around him. There are people that are stopping him and, and uh, Jay Iris is kind of going, come on, let's hurry. I mean, I can almost just imagine that. That he's saying, all right, come on, hey, move out of the way. He's got a place to go. And Jesus, stopping, talks to this woman. He, he, he's here with all these people, and he's on his way to this man's house. And while Jesus is telling this woman some life-changing news, someone comes with some terrible news for J. Iris. Why troublest the Master any farther? at the end of verse 35. And in verse 36, Jesus says these words, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, He said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Jesus has something to say. You see, this man came to Jesus for help. You see, this man came to Jesus because he had a problem that he needed taken care of that it couldn't be taken care of on his own. And we did, he didn't come in the time frame that was most convenient or most expedient. Many times the, the answer or response will be, well, why trouble the master any farther? Why go on any farther? I mean, you can't do anything about it now. It's too late. Remember Mary and Martha? Remember they have a brother, Lazarus, that's dead? And John chapter 11, I believe it is. And they come to him, Master, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. He's not dead, he just sleepeth. Uh, what? No, no, he's been in the grave for three days. He stinks. No, he, but Jesus comes and, you know, he rises from the dead. But see, a lot of times we think, well, it's too late, it's Beyond the, the God's control now, and, and it's just, it's over. There's no reason to keep praying. There's no reason to keep going on. There's no reason to keep pursuing because it's over. The, the chance of, uh, of having a remedy is gone. Lord, if you had come, things would have been different. And the Lord says, be not afraid, only believe. The reason for be not afraid is because he's afraid. You know, every time you find the be not afraid in the word of God, it's because maybe they didn't say it, 
But Jesus knows the heart of individuals and he knows that fear instantly gripped the, hate, the heart of Jairus and he's, he's afraid in his heart. He's wondering, what am I going to do now? I'm sure he desires to go home and be with his wife and be with maybe other children that he may have or whatever the case is. But, but he's tried, he's done what he could and it's too late now. Jesus didn't come in time. See, Jairus, if you notice, he says in verse number 23, lay hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. I mean, here's a man that has of great faith, but now a person comes from his house and says, uh, she's gone. Why troublest the master any further? Why don't you send him somewhere else? Let him go somewhere else and heal somebody else because it's too late for her. It's beyond our control. But notice what it says. I want you to see something in verse 35. 35 at the end of it. He says, why trouble is the master any further? What's the punctuation? Somebody help me. It's a question mark. Now look at verse 36. And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, it was like instantly Jesus hears this as well. And he says to the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. What's the punctuation? It's a period. You see, in life, it's almost as if we wonder if God's going to ever come through for us at times and, and where, where God places a period, it's done, it's complete, we play, place a question mark. You see, when, when here's this man comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, if you lay hands on her, she may be healed, period. But then all of a sudden, somebody comes with some other news and says these words, hey, she's dead. Why trouble us the master any further? Question mark. You begin to question why you're doing what you're doing, why you're going where you're going. Jesus, you don't need to go to the house anymore. She's dead. But he just said she can be healed. You lay hands on her, she can be healed. And Jesus says, be not afraid, only believe, period. So the question I have for us today is, are we going to live life by a question mark? Hopefully these will stay. Or period. Are we going to live life? You know, all throughout Scripture, as I begin to do a study on this, all throughout Scripture, a lot of times you will find punctuation and you will think, well, that's no big deal. But when Jesus Christ says something, it's settled, it's done. Be not afraid, only believe, period. But a lot of times in our life, when things happen, we begin to do the question mark. We begin to question God's word. We begin to question God's plan. And where man puts a question mark, God puts a period. Look at the end of verse, look at chapter 4. I want you to see this. Chapter 4 and verse 35. Now, Jesus has already fed the 5,000. I mean, you think about this, that, that here's the disciples. They've seen Jesus do a, a, a mighty miracle right before their eyes. I mean, you could just imagine. Here they are carrying 12 baskets full of, of uh, food afterwards to the person's house or maybe themselves. They're going, wow, what a miracle right in front of their eyes. And then he says, let's get in the boat. Notice what he says in verse 35 of chapter 4. And the same day when even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass 
over unto the other side. What's the punctuation? So when Jesus said, let's pass over the other side, what's going to happen? They're going to pass over to the other side. It's done. It's been settled. He didn't say, let's try to pass over the other side. He didn't say, can we pass over the other side? He said, let us pass over the other side. Jesus knew where he was going. Jesus knew how to get there. Jesus knew that he could get there and nothing was going to stop him from getting there. Hey, if the sea is tempestuous and the sea is a problem, he can just walk on it. He can calm the sea at any moment. And notice what it says in verse 36. And when he had sent away the multitudes, they took uh, him even uh, as he was in the ship, and there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the sh ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and sayest unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? What's the punctuation? It's a question mark. Jesus is asleep. How could he be sleeping in the midst of this storm? Because he had already settled it with a punctuation previous. We're going to the other side. So when you know that the word of God says something, you can just say, I'm going to take it at his word and I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to put a question mark where he's already settled the answer. And they arose and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the people, said unto the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Period. See, the Lord is trying to teach the disciples a lesson in chapter 4 and in chapter 5, and in fact, many lessons. You know, you know God is faithful. And you know God keeps His Word. You hear messages about how good God is, and and you, you hear truths about God's Word and you're saying, yes, this is great and this is grand. But sometimes in life you say, well, He didn't answer when I thought He should. He didn't come when He thought He should. Hey, my situation is beyond help. My situation is beyond hope. And you begin to question God's plan. You begin to question God's purpose in your life. Why trouble us the Master? any further here you've prayed to jesus or you prayed to god and you said lord would you take care of this problem lord would you bring back my son he's he's gone wayward bring back my daughter she's gone wayward hey would you take care of this problem lord help this not to be cancer help this not to be a problem in my life and and, and it, it doesn't it doesn't come out your way it doesn't turn out your way and you begin to question what god has already settled in your life you will wonder if God really remembers your need. Oh, sure, Jesus, God is, he, He's going along the way and He's healing this woman with an issue of blood. I mean, He's taking care of other people's needs, but He's not taking care of mine. A lot of times people will stop serving God, stop living for God because they begin to question God's plan in their life, God's purpose in your life. Your situation may seem to have no hope in sight. Let me remind you of Jesus' words. Be not afraid, only believe. The multitudes missed what Jesus was about to do. The mourners missed it too. Hey, hey don't miss the miracles of unbelief. Because notice what takes place in our text. We didn't read it, but look at what it says in verse 37. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, 
And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. So here these people are weeping, they're wailing, they're, they're, they're saying it's too late. And when he was come, he said unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? Question mark. The damsel's not dead, but sleepeth. Period. See it? You see it all throughout Scripture if you start looking at it this, this way. Verse 40. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered into where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by hand and said unto her, Talith kumai, which is to say interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of age of twelve years, and they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. This is how we know she was a Baptist. First thing she does, she gets up and she eats. But here, here's in this passage of Scripture, we see a man, a man is coming to Jesus with a need. And on his way, I mean, there's, here's a woman with an issue of blood. Here, here's a man that's been healed by, uh, of his unclean spirits and doing all things for all people, but his daughter's not healed. And Jesus says, be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him. Basically, he's saying this. He went along, and it's almost like Jesus started walking. And the man had to make a decision. Am I going to believe what Jesus just said? Am I going to believe? He put all the people that scoffed at him, all the people that didn't believe him, all the people that were laughing, he put them out. They didn't get to see the miracle. Why? Because they didn't believe. And here's this man, gets to see his daughter raised from the dead, gets to see her da his daughter live again because he believed that Jesus could do it. And sometimes we miss the miracles of God because we start putting a question mark where God's already placed a period. God did a miracle in this girl's life and because Jairus chose to believe. There's three lessons to learn I want us to look at real quickly to learn in this passage. The first lesson I want us to learn this morning is this. He's a God that's concerned for just one. I'm so grateful that God's concerned for just one. Why did Jesus go to the other side in the first place? Because there was a man that needed to be healed. And then he comes back and people are waiting for him. And as he's going to Jairus' daughter's house, or Jairus' house, because of his daughter, here's a woman with an issue of blood. You see a man that was healed. You see a woman that was healed. You see a daughter that was healed. And it, here's surrounded by multitudes. He doesn't stop and start preaching and saying, repent and re believe in Jesus. No, he's concerned even for just one. The Lord is concerned for every need that you have. When I was in Bible college, I had had a lot of different things even happen my first year of Bible college. And I was down, I mean, I had went to Bible college with kind of a bad attitude and so forth. And, and uh, I, I remember a time when I didn't have, I didn't have the money to pay for my college tuition. I was about to go up to, the go up to the place and say, okay, I can't pay my bill, so once you can't pay your bill, then 
See you later, maybe hopefully next semester. Right before finals, if you didn't have your bill paid, you couldn't take them and so forth. And I went up there and I went to go pay my bill and they said, uh, you're, all, you're all fine. Or I went to tell them I couldn't pay my bill. And they said, you're all caught up. And I said, what? And they said, somebody took care of your bill. To this day, I still do not know who did it. But I know this. When I left that office that day, or that financial office uh, that day, I remember thinking this. Out of all the students, out of all the people in this college, out of all the people, I don't know who did it. Nobody knew I had this. Nobody knew I had, I wasn't going around, hey, hey, can you give me money? I wasn't even telling anybody, but somebody. And and, uh, later on, I found out that there was many different church members that would go in and find people who had been having needs and so forth. So it could have been a church member. I don't know, but I just look at it this way, that God took care of my need. And, And I remember going after that first year saying, okay, Lord, if you, if you will do that for me now, you can do that for me the rest of my life. That God, when I have a need, that I just trust you all the way. I'm not going to question your plan for me. I'm not going to question your purpose for my life. I'm not going to put a question mark where you've already said, hey, i got a plan for you. After that first year, God called me into ministry while I was on a singing group. Met my wife that, that summer. God called me to preach that summer. I mean, the, the, the Lord just completely changed my life in one summer's time traveling on a tour group. All because I made a decision after leaving that place. I'm not going to question you anymore. Because my question was this. God, you called me to Bible college. You wanted me here. You have a purpose for my life, but I can't even pay my bill. It's not that I was slacking off. It was just expensive. I wasn't making enough money to make ends meet. I didn't have all these bills. I wasn't using my money for for, uh, uh, frivolous things. But I just couldn't afford it at the time. But God provided every step of the way. And you know He's been doing it for the last 20 years? Because when God calls, where God guides, He provides. I heard that in school. Where God guides, He provides. You know, the Lord's concerned about one. If you seek Him, He will be found. He needed to go through Samaria. Remember that? John chapter 4. He cares for just one. Here's the second lesson I want us to learn this morning. Is the Lord is capable to meet my need. Sometimes we think our problems are bigger than others. He helped them, but mine's big. I mean, here's a woman with an issue of blood. That's, that's, that's pretty big. Twelve years she's tried to find an answer, but it's not been healed. You know, or it, it, that, that finally got healed. But here, dead means no hope. It's the way you kind of think about it. But not when God's involved. What is it that you won't trouble Him with anymore? I remember... Um, a man, name of our, a man in our church, he's been there for over 30 years, and for 20 years, on the top of the prayer list was a name that I didn't know who this person was. But it was a man in our church's father, and found out, you know, sometime into it, but it just kept being on there every year, every year, every year, every year. For over 20 years in the church, top of the salvation list, top of the salvation list. 
And here's what his testimony was. He said, I almost stopped praying for this man. I almost stopped praying. Every time I tried to talk to my dad, every time I tried to witness to him, it was like I was shut down, shut down, shut down. About three months before he passed away, he said, I had an opportunity to go to talk to him, and I said, Dad, you're not going to make it much longer. I've been praying for you for over 30 years to be saved. Gave him the gospel one more time, and he got saved. And he said, my dad was a changed man for three months of his life. He said, but it was the greatest three months because I knew I was going to see him once again. It was not worrying anymore. You know, he, he made it a statement. He said this, I almost stopped praying. It's not going to happen. Why do we think that, that, that it's over with? Why do we think that God can't answer the prayer? And we begin to question God when, when we just need to believe God that He can do the impossible sometimes. The Lord is capable to meet my need. He can heal an issue of blood. He can heal a person that's possessed. And He can heal somebody who's even passed away in the, in the Scriptures. He can meet our every need. Here's the third lesson. That he's the God of comfort. Look at verse, look at chapter 5 and verse 15. Chapter 5 and verse 15. And when he had come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had a legion, sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. In his right mind. Here's a man that wanted to stay with Jesus. Jairus had Jesus with him. What a comfort. The Lord told the woman, go in peace. So in all three of these stories, here's a man sitting in comfort. Here's Jairus, has Jesus with him. What a comfort. Here's a woman that's been healed. Go in peace. What a comfort. To think that he cares for you. To think that he cares for me. That should comfort us. That should not concern us. That should not be like, hey, uh, well, uh, you know, he's concerned about everyone else. No, he cares for you. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And guess what the punctuation is? <laughs> Period. You know, period's a whole lot easier to put down than a question mark anyway. Yeah. When I used to do, I was, I was home learned, home teached however you want to say it, grew up that, you know, and one, one, uh, one uh, subject I wasn't very good in was English. When I went to Bible college, I had never taken classes from anybody. I'd taught myself through books and so forth, and so I'm sitting there in class listening to this teacher, and I see people writing down stuff like crazy, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, we're taking notes. Notes for what? We're going to be tested on this. I'm like, I've never taken notes before. I didn't know that. I mean, I'm learning all this. And then I remember going into the class, they said, what kind of English do you do, or, uh, class are you going to take? You know? And so I said, they said, you know the different, you know, what an adverb and verb and all this stuff? And I said, I know very little, I should say. And they said, we're going to put you in bonehead English. That's what they called it. I was in bonehead English. So when I grew up, I ended every sentence with a period. It was a whole lot easier. You just said, just settle it. Just, you know, just. just. 
You know, I thought about this, that Jesus Christ is capable to meet your need. My need. Are you surprised that nothing surprises the Lord? There's not one thing that comes by surprise to the Lord. It wasn't like Jairus is sitting here and he's hearing these words and he's surprised and he's wondering what he's going to do. He's afraid. And Jesus says, be not afraid. Only believe. Remember, you, just a few verses previous, he believed God. Don't allow some situation in life to, to take away your belief in God. Don't allow your, your questions of life take away from the Word of God and what He's already said. Notice in verse 42 of our text. Straightway the damsel arose and walked, and she was of age of twelve, and they were astonished with great astonishment. Have you been astonished lately at what Jesus Christ has done in your life? Maybe you need to stop placing a question mark where he's already placed a period. I, wanna, I want you to look at, it, look at chapter 6 and verses 5 and 6. And he could do there no mighty work, save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them, and he marveled because of their, what? Unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. He marveled at their unbelief. I want you to look at another passage. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Notice what the Word of God says in verse 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed Him, crying, saying, Thou Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. You notice Jesus asked the question. They settled it in their life and according to their faith, be it unto you. See, sometimes in life, we say we believe, but. Well, I believe God. I believe His Word, but. but. No, you're, you're then taking a, a period in your life and you're saying, hey, this is settled, this is done, it's complete, and you're putting a question mark there. He says, believe ye that I am able to do this. They wanted to be healed from their blindness, and they say, yea, Lord, we believe, period. They didn't say, well, if you heal us, we'll believe. We believe that you can do this. And he said, be it unto your, because of your faith, be it unto you, period, complete. What is your this? What do you want God to do for you? What do you want God to do in and through your life? Do you believe that God is able to do this? Do you believe that God is able to do that? You know, the Word of God says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know what the punctuation is? Period. 
John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should perish but have everlasting life. Period. There's no questions. God loved the world, not just a select few. He died for the sins of the whole world. You know how many people will put a question mark where God's already placed a period? This last Tuesday, I had an opportunity to go to a church member's home. Church member's home, they've been, you know, they made a profession of faith and they were joined our church years ago. And after a sermon was preached, he said, I got some questions. And I said, okay, I'd be happy to. They live about an hour from the church. He said, well, uh, I, you know, I can meet. I said, you drive an hour every week. I'll drop everything and drive an hour to come see you. I went to their house and showed up about 5.30, ate dinner with them, and about 9 o'clock at night, I was finally, you know, getting through questions and so forth. And, I, and they were questioning, doubting if they ever truly trusted Christ or not. And I said, well, has there been a time in your life when you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for your salvation? He said, I don't know. I said, let me ask you a question. Are you 100% sure if you died right now that you'd go to heaven? And he said, I don't know. I said, these things have I written unto you, the word of God, that you may know. God doesn't want us to question. And I said, you can have it settled right now. You don't have to have a question in your life. You can settle it right now. And I said, do you want to get it settled? He said, yeah. And his wife said, I need to do that too. And both of them bowed their head and, and with tears and broken heart and broken. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to have that. But they just des desired to get it settled in their life. They wanted to stop, around, stop going around with this question mark in their life. Because God does not want us to go around life that way. Is my life pleasing to Him? I don't know. Am I saved? I don't know. Why don't you settle it based on the Word of God? Put a period where you've been putting a question mark in your life. Can God do it? Yes, He can. Believe God can do it. That's the question. Are you putting a question mark where God's already placed a period? Then you need to just change the punctuation today on your life say this, I need to get it settled. If you're here today and you're not saved, why not get it settled? Questioning it? Well, I mean, people, I, I've been baptized. No, th that's not the question. Have you been saved? Do you have it settled in your life? Are you secure in what Jesus Christ has already done for you? Are you going through him in life believing that he's able to do what his word says he will do? Period. Let's all stand this morning. Lord, I do thank you so much for the truth of the Word of God. I wonder if there's someone in here this morning that maybe they're placing some question marks on their life. Lord, you healed that person, but you didn't heal me. Lord, you did that for someone else, but you didn't do it for me. Lord, I, I trusted you before, and I'm doubting right now. I don't know what is in our lives, but Lord, I know this, that in life often we begin to question when we fail to believe. I pray that, I pray that we would renew our faith and trust in you this morning, that we would just make a decision in our own heart, Lord, that we believe you, we trust your word, that you are concerned for just one. 
that you are capable of meeting my need. Lord, you will comfort me when I need it. You are there for each and every one of us. may not be the answer we want when we want it, but Lord, we know that you can give grace and comfort in that time of need. I pray that we would trust you in it. Lord, I pray that you'd bless an invitation. If there's one here that does not know you, they're putting a question mark on their life. If they do not know you, Lord, I pray that they would get it settled today. I'm saved. I know it. I'm on my way to heaven. Lord, you do not want us to go through life questioning our faith. Pray that we would get it settled this morning on what we believe and why we believe it. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Piano's playing. If the Lord spoke to your heart, you're putting a question mark in your life. Would you get it settled this morning? Maybe you're here and you're not saved. You can get it settled. You can walk out these doors with peace in your heart and in your soul that, that it's settled. I'm saved. You ought to desire that in your life. But if you're here this morning and you're saying, man, I I want God to do something. I want God to do this in my life. Do you believe that God is able to do it? When's the last time you prayed to Him to do it in your life? Maybe you have a son, a daughter, a, a loved one that needs Jesus Christ. When's the last time you said, Lord, I know that you can do it. And I'm going to pray that you will. You need to come. You come this morning as the Lord speaks to your heart. Would you come?
the Roy's with us. Uh, Brother and Mrs. Roy, if you wouldn't mind making your way to the back. People like to greet you on the way out. A few things from our bulletin. Um, we have the men's recharge coming up this weekend, a Friday-Saturday event. And uh, if you have any questions about that, you can see myself or Brother Lalo. We will be having a meeting following the afternoon service about that. So, guys, if you're going, if you can attend that meeting, be a blessing. Uh, ladies have scheduled the dinner on Friday night, uh, this coming Friday night, 6 o'clock, down here at Sombrero's. Uh, if you're interested in going, uh, ladies are uh, going to have a good time fellowship down there, kind of a Dutch treat thing, go have a great time. Uh, Revival is going to start next Sunday. We're going to have Brother Harold Wells with us, and uh, we'll go Sunday through Wednesday night. And uh, so we plan to uh, be here for that. That'll be a blessing. Outreach will be Saturday the 7th at 9 o'clock. You can put that on your calendar. Um, I would just mention that uh, two years ago, Brother John Quinlan went home to be with the Lord, uh, and this is that day. So if you text or communicate with Miss Pam, uh, you might just send her a note and let her know you're praying for her. Some of you know what that's like to go through that uh, emptiness, um, missing a loved one. Uh, I still look around and miss a lot of people. Uh, it's the, that's the one bummer about getting older. You've got a lot more people on the other side that you miss. Faithful servants of the Lord, people who carried empty. Thankful good chance. Uh, just encourage her. That would be. Let's uh, close in a word of prayer. And uh, thank you for being uh, here today. Uh, Brother Gus, would you?